No, brilliant. Hey, before I let you go, I dropped it from our little schedule, but I'm so curious. And having lived in Guatemala for a while, you went to Spanish literature first in your study. <laughs> yeah, that was my major. Tell me how, <laughs> how, why that, and then how it segued to medicine. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know why my life has unfolded, but um, I grew up in a low-income housing in, in Colorado and so surrounded by a lot of wonderful Hispanic people and um, grew up really loving, um, you know, different cultures. My, my family, my parents uh, were always, you know, despite the, the, the modest lifestyles that we lived, we always had uh, either uh, visiting students or family stay with us each summer. And so I got to meet a lot of, you know, amazing people from around the world, from, you know, the likes of South America, Central America, Asia, and the rest. And I think that gave me a hunger for, you know, cultural diversity and my education and everything else. And um, right before college, I uh, went over to the Philippines and started birthing babies there with uh, an aunt of mine. And that gave me yet another kind of depth of experience and uh, passion for, you know, the cultural diversity that was there. And I was growing up in Colorado, which is, you know, a huge Hispanic, you know, uh, group there. And so uh, I think all of that played into it. But uh, deeper than that, you know, on, a, on kind of a more esoteric level, um, I was super drawn to and ended up doing my, my thesis paper for, for my graduation on uh, Cien Años de Soledad, 100 Years of Solitude, and uh, a fantastic piece by, uh, you know, Gabriel Marquez there, who's, you know, got this like magic realism, you know, genre that he was such a master of. And that that genre has actually become very close to my current spiritual worldview is we live in a in a, in a reality of magic realism where we we have to deal with the realism part of it it's there's a, a very concrete nature to our our existence and then there's this magical ethereal you know warping bending uh, of will and intent that can totally change that physical reality we live within and so in a bizarre way i think that that book has come to really be a nice, you know, segue to, to how I see the world today and, and who I've become as far as, you know, just in my own little microcosm, uh, starting to realize that I, I can, I can dictate a future, uh, for me and for those I love. And, and I can, I can manifest things that, that I, I would have thought just moments ago was impossible as long as I can for a split second, really wholly trust that something is possible. And there's the poet, in you throughout this period there as well. And then to medicine, what was the shift? It was the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, so my experience there, I was going into engineering. Uh, I decided I wanted to go to engineering um, and then went there and realized, Oh my gosh, this is so much more interesting. Uh, birthing babies and seeing health and death. And I saw a lot of, you know, sad s stories there. And so there was a sense of, you know, the realization of true poverty. I, you know, I thought I grew up poor in, in the United States and then I saw the squats of the Philippines and realized I had never, ever seen true poverty and the inequities of justice and the inequities of resources and everything else there was just startling for a 19 year old kid. So it was jarring. It shook me up hard. And, and you know, I was you know, lonely and depressed at moments in that six months in the Philippines, just so confused as to how the world was working and not working. Why wasn't the world working? You know, I thought I lived in the greatest country of the world. And then, you know, looking at what we did to the Philippines following World War II and, and the devastations that we've caused there, it was just like, we, we are not 
a great country. <laughs> we, we are an empire and we have done our worst uh, around the world. And um, so all of that, I think, has played into, uh, you know, a real desire to see reconciliation and regeneration, not just in soils, but in peoples. And I really hope that we can heal indigenous wisdom and connection and, and bring indigenous leaders into, into a global you know, platform of, of voice and leadership again for an international community to learn from. And it's going to take a, a lot because there's so much, you know, very deeply entrenched PTSD in those peoples that they don't trust anything we say and shouldn't trust anything the West would say to them or, you know, for we have broken every last promise that was ever given to them. And so I don't know how we overcome it. I just hope that there's a leap in consciousness where, you know, the, the indigenous, you know, mindset, the First Nation people in the United States or your Aboriginal, you know, leadership there starts to see, okay, things are different and they can maybe do the same thing that the rest of us have to do, which is let go of the old story of abuses mm. and broken trust and, and live into a future with new possibility if we all start afresh and, and that we're going to have to ask for deep grace from those, those peoples.